0: Snuff production. Hello and welcome to The Briefing. I'm Katrina Blowers and today we are taking you to North Korea with Kim Jong-un's fresh nuclear plans and his surprising reveal of his twin daughter to the world for the first time.
1: The reason we should really care is not what was in the foreground, and that was Kim Jong Un and his daughter, and a very strange twist on the "Take Your Daughter to Work" day. What we should really <laughs> care about is, is the missile that was behind them.
0: So how worried should we be about this new show of military might? And what is the significance of unveiling his beloved daughter, who's believed to be Kim Jong Un's second child? Is she being primed as his successor? The 38 year old leader has never publicly said who that's going to be. In fact, we don't know much about his private life at all. So Antoinette and I are going to be diving into this with a foreign policy expert. That's in the second half of this podcast. But first, I'm joined by Rhianna Patrick for today's headlines. It is Tuesday,
2: December 6th. If you're a homeowner more pain today with the Reserve Bank expected to raise official interest rates for an eighth consecutive month. Yeah, so it's expected to approve a quarter of a
0: percentage point rise which would see the cash rate at a 10 year high of 3.1%. Now, we always talk about these numbers but to put that into perspective of what that actually means, a quarter percentage point increase would take the average discounted mortgage rate to 6.55%. And so, if you have a loan that's about the average, which is 750000 with 25 years left to pay that off, repayments have increased for you by $1,251 a month since May. And that is so much money.
1: The RBA, I think, is really focused on making sure it's sending a very strong signal to households and businesses that it'll do what it needs to be done in order to make sure that inflation does return to target over time. Yeah,
2: it is. And the ANZ's David Plank there, who says that the RBA will be hoping to further reduce our spending to keep the cost of living down. So if you're a homeowner,
0: it's not great news. No, and especially with Christmas coming up, I can't see spending being reduced, at least in the short term.
2: Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has COVID again, which means that a meeting between the federal and state leaders to strike a deal on power prices has been delayed. So the PM's going to keep
0: working in ISO at Curability House. But as you mentioned, talks over caps to coal pricing that had been scheduled to take place at tomorrow's National Cabinet
2: meeting are going to be delayed now. A deal between the Commonwealth and the states to address those soaring power prices is not likely to happen before Christmas. Now, Katrina, and this is the second time that he's had COVID.
0: Yeah, it was um, picked up during a routine test. So I wasn't aware of this, that um, the PM still gets tested so regularly, but apparently he didn't even realise he had
2: it until the test came back positive. So not great news for him. Yeah, and apparently, Katrina, that federal government was set to cap gas prices at $12 a kilojoule and forced companies to kind of set aside gas for domestic use. But that proposal was facing opposition from the states, particularly New South Wales and Queensland, who had floated with the Commonwealth. Would there be compensation for them for a loss of royalties if caps were put in place? And even though he has COVID, I mean, the PM is still set to travel to PNG next week. <laughs> Hillsong founder Brian
0: Houston is back in court in Sydney today. Now Houston faces up to five years in jail. He's accused of not telling police that his late father, the preacher Frank Houston, sexually abused a seven-year-old boy in Kuji, in Sydney in the 1970s.
2: Yeah, the court has heard that Brian Houston didn't report the allegations to authorities because the alleged victim didn't want police to know. Now, the alleged victim, Brett Sengstock, has given evidence saying he signed a dirty napkin for $10,000 after meeting with Frank in the late 1990s. He says he received
0: the money several weeks after contacting Brian Houston about the exchange, telling the court he has no doubt he was paid for his silence. Now, Brian Houston says that's not true.
2: This hearing goes for two weeks. And briefly, the Bureau of Meteorology says a severe to extreme heat wave will spread across the top half of the country this week. Marble Bar in Western Australia's Pilbara region, known as the hottest town in the country, is forecast to reach 45 degrees.
0: Yeah, 46 degrees on Wednesday. That sounds horrible. The heat in the west is then expected to head east. Brisbane could hit 35 degrees today, followed by two days of 34 degrees. And, you know, so many people, because, you know, I I work on Channel 7 News, we often run these hot weather stories and people (laughs) always say to us, this isn't a heatwave, this is summer. But there is a technical definition for a heatwave when temperatures are above average for three or four days
2: in a row and that's what's expected to happen here interesting well yeah katrina 35 for brisbane i'm expecting about 37 i think today (laughs) and what we've all been waiting for perhaps netflix has dropped an extended trailer this morning of the harry and Meghan documentary i realized they're never going to protect you
1: i was terrified i didn't want history to repeat
0: itself no one knows the full truth We know the full truth.
2: Oh, my goodness. What what do you think of this, Ray? Look, when the initial trailer had dropped, I had said, and I did put this on the record, I was not interested and I may not dip in. Having seen the full trailer now, (laughs) I think Volume 1 and I are going to be friends.
0: (laughs) Wow, what a turnaround for you. I don't know. I'm still not convinced. I just feel, this is me, and I know that a lot of people feel this way too, that On the one hand, Harry and Meghan saying, we just want privacy. We just want people to leave us alone. Yet, I feel like every single day I am reading a news story about them promoting something else, which some of it's to do with their charities, fair cop. But this just feels like a
2: big grab for attention. Yeah. And I guess, Katrina, I keep coming back to that question of if this was the documentary you were going to put out, why did you do the Oprah interview?
0: what it is promising to add is um, more about the couple's decision to step back as senior working members of the royal family and more into what they're calling the firm. So the inside workings of the royal family and the hierarchy of that. Look, if you just can't get enough after watching the latest extended drop of this doco trailer, then it's going to stream on December 8. So you only have two more days to wait. All right, Re. Enjoy the heat today. In just a second, Antoinette's going to jump back in, and we're talking about Kim Jong Un's teenage daughter reveal and what it could mean for their nuclear future. Antoinette, I think it's fair to say that when footage was released by the North Korean government of a long-range ballistic missile launch, yeah, that ramp up in military might, or at least the showmanship of it, was obviously a huge concern. But what got people talking the most was who the country's leader, Kim Jong-un, was with. It was someone the public has never seen before. It's the North Korean dictator's
3: daughter. We don't even know her true age. Her name hasn't been confirmed, but she's believed to be somewhere between nine and 11 years old. And they were holding hands while there were missiles in the background. It was all very strange, but it's gotten everybody talking.
0: It sure has. Uh, She's since shown up publicly again in a second release of images and it's raised all kinds of questions about what is going on internally with his succession planning.
3: So to fill us in, we're joined by Professor Gordon Flake, who's the founding CEO of the Perth US Asia Centre at the University of Western Australia. Gordon, thanks so much for joining us. So This is the second time the world has seen Kim Jong-un's daughter in just a matter of days. Prior to this, they'd never seen her before. So this isn't a coincidence, is it?
1: No, it's clearly some type of political signalling. North Korea is a very secretive country. Uh, and there's no topic more secretive than the familiar relationships of its leaders. And that's not something that just started newly with their current leader, Kim Jong-un, but it was the story of his father and his grandfather before him. So this young girl, her name is Kim Ju a. Is estimated to have been born in 2013, nothing confirmed. When the North Koreans showed the imagery, they never gave her name. But again, South Korean intelligence and another rather close North Korea watchers have confirmed that she's Kim Joo A. Ironically, one of the ways they confirmed her and related her birth is that with the former U.S. basketball star Dennis Rodman, who was famously close friends with Kim Jong-un a decade ago apparently held her when she was a young baby and so that gives you some sense of who it is and knew her name Uh, but ironically she's supposed to be the second of three children of Kim Jong-un why her why now nobody knows for sure but clearly it does have to do with politics it does have to do with Mm. succession
3: And, and why should the world care beyond oh wow dictators have daughters
1: too the reason we should really care is not what was in the foreground, and that was Kim Jong-un and his daughter and a very strange twist on the take your daughter to a day. What we should really <laughs> care about is, is the missile that was behind them. Uh, this was a, a, by all accounts a Hwasong-17, an intercontinental ballistic missile uh, with a range sufficient to reach Australia. And it's part of a, a multi-year now, actually multi-decade long North Korean nuclear weapons development program and long-range intercontinental ballistic missile development program. And so we should care because of the, the test that she was taken to. Now, obviously... Who rules that country matters. And so that's why we're also paying attention to Kim Jong-un and his every step and the emergence, surprisingly, of his daughter, because that wasn't the case with his father in his own emergency. You know, he didn't become introduced to the world until just barely over a year before his father passed back in 2010, 2011. And so at nine years old, this is, this is a bit of a shift.
0: We'll come to the actual missile and what potentially we know about the future nuclear plans of North Korea in just a sec. But just on this daughter, this tween daughter reveal, there's speculation that her older sibling is in fact a son. So Kim Jong un himself, we know that he's 38 years old. He's not exactly, I mean, he did disappear from our consciousness for quite a while, and there was speculation there that he might have even passed on or he might be terribly ill. What do you think this means, revealing this daughter so soon? She's still so young.
1: Now, just to give a little bit of context to this Kim Jong un's father is named Kim Jong il. Uh, he, in turn, was the, the son of the founder of North Korea. Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Il, you know, the son of the founder Kim Il Sung, was introduced to the public quite early. Uh, and by 1980, it was clear that he was the heir apparent. And when his father passed away in 1994, he became you know, the unquestioned leader of North Korea. That wasn't the case of the next generation, the current leader of North Korea, Kim Jong Un. And part of it is because of a very complicated list of other potential rivals. Kim Jong-il, the previous leader, the, the father of the current leader, had by all accounts children with three different women, an older sister who is not well known, an older brother named Kim Jong-nam, who was the, the son of Kim Jong-il for, with a, a famous actress in North Korea, Song dan He was famously assassinated in an airport in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur, with a world- deadly banned nerve agent. So you get a sense of the politics here. And even Kim Jong-un, the current leader, isn't the oldest son of that last wife. He is the second son. And his older brother was deemed unfit for being too feminine in the North Korean system. Don't know very much about him at all. And then he famously has a younger sister, Kim Yo-chung, who has been very much out about in public. And every time, and it's not just been once, every time that Kim Jong-un disappears from public for two or three weeks or a month or so, there's a lot of speculation about his health. Uh, he's famously a chain smoker and now walking with a limp. Uh, he's morbidly obese, uh, partly trying to imitate his grandfather, Kim Il-sung. And so it, up until this last couple of weeks, the speculation would immediately turn to his younger sister as a possible successor. Uh, the introduction of a... Kim daughter, you know, in in which, again, we should step back and realize how bizarre this is. This is Mm -hmm. a communist society, a socialist society where they don't believe in royalty. They're designed to overthrow royalty. And we're now talking about a fourth generation familial succession in a place like North Korea. But bringing out Kim Jue is basically showing to uh, powers within North Korea internationally his intention, presumably, to build in a succession plan. But she's nine years old. Uh, And so this is just an early signal, something worth watching, something that we're not able to draw hard and fast conclusions about.
0: All right, let's get into what was in the background of those pictures, Uh, this missile uh, that they have launched with much fanfare. Is it legit from what we can see, people thinking that it is legit? And what does it mean for the future nuclear capability of North Korea?
1: Oh, look, um, North Korea has now tested countless missiles over the course of the last decade, and they are indeed legit. Uh, There was a time when people would dismiss uh, North Korea's capabilities. This was not a missile that just... uh, sat in the background as a prop. It was tested and successfully tested. Uh, and so over the last several years, North Korea has increased the accuracy and the range of its missile program. It hasn't tested a nuclear weapon since 2017. And, and that's an important Rubicon that we hope is not crossed again. But one way or the other, If we're looking at this from Australia's perspective, uh, we're not concerned just about the range. We're not just concerned about the nuclear capability. We're concerned about what it means for our national security strategy here, because the truth is there's very few scenarios in which we would be in the top of a a North Korean target list given a relatively limited number of nuclear weapons. But at the same time, North Korea's actions, be they with a nuclear weapons program or be they with a missile program, directly do impact our own national security.
3: And just building on that, I guess many Australians don't really understand why we are so vocal about North Korea. As you've mentioned, we wouldn't be on the top of their hit list. But what are the main tension points between the two nations that Aussies should know about and care about?
1: Well, Australians are a country that is very vocal about human rights, and it's a very serious issue in North Korea, about illicit activity, drug smuggling, counterfeiting, other things that kind of impact the system. In general, we're a country that is full-throated in our support of what we call the rules-based order. And that mm-hmm. rules-based order isn't just about economics and trade and global government. It's also about national security. So as a, as a nation, we have two essential prongs two essential pillars, rather, of our own national security. One, the reliance on an alliance far away, initially the UK, but for the last 75 years, the United States, right? And then reliance upon the rules-based order. And then when it comes to security, those are things like the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, the NPT, International Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA, and their accompanying safeguards agreements, which enforce the the NPT or the Nuclear Proliferation Treaty, the International Comprehensive uh, Test Ban Treaty for Long-Range Missiles, the Chemical and Biological Weapons Test Ban Treaties. All of these things are a system where we, we are trying to strengthen the international system. So it's not a world where might makes right, where we mm-hmm. follow rules and systems and standards and norms and organizations. And so in a country like North Korea, pulls out of the NPT, kicks out IEA inspectors, uh, re- rejects and violates, you know, six different UN Security Council sanctions resolutions and many other beyond that, it actually does directly impact our NASA security strategy because it undermines that rules-based order. To put it another way, we as a country certainly could develop our own nuclear weapons and our own long-range missiles if we wanted to, but we have decided not to. We have made a, a conscious sovereign decision to rely upon an alliance with the United States and what's called extended deterrence or a nuclear umbrella, if you will, but also to rely upon that rules-based order. So North Korean actions directly undermine that rules-based order upon which we rely. As a result, our diplomatic and political leaders are appropriately vocal in condemning North Korean actions.
3: Professor Gordon Flake, founding CEO of the Perth US Asia Centre at the University of Western Australia. So, Katrina, so many fascinating nuggets of information there. Something that stood out to me was the fact that there was a brother of King Jong Un who was deemed too effeminate to be a successor and. Now, if all the speculation is correct, um, it would seem that this is a bit of a pivot for North Korea considering a female successor.
0: Yes, so many questions. Another little thing that I'll just throw in when I was doing research for this, I discovered that Kim Jong-un's daughter, uh, even though she's only been revealed to the world twice, has become somewhat of a fashion icon in North Korea. So in the first set of images, she was wearing a white puffer jacket and red shoes. Apparently, that's what all the cool kids are wearing (laughs) North Korea right now. So if you want to get ahead of the curve for next winter, Antoinette, get yourself a white puffer jacket.
3: (laughs) Yeah, look, um, I'll I'll take up the puffer jacket. I'll give the, the missiles a miss.
1: Listener.